0: Welcome to Mission Sunlight Chat from the media missionaries of Network 7 Media Center. We are not in our world headquarters in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but we are out on the road with ASI in Kansas City, Missouri. We are grateful to have you following along with us. Uh, My name is Christopher Beeson, and our Director of Production and Engineering today is Jordan Wagner. Mission Sunlight Chat is a nonprofit Christian media production, so if you'd like to know more, visit us at missionsunlight.org, and if you want to give, click Donate. Thank you in advance for whatever you may be led to give. One more thing before we get into today's program, we need to grow. We need to touch more lives for Jesus, to share the story of Jesus, to spread the truth as it is in Jesus. So if you can't give your time, maybe you can't give prayers or can't give monies, would you please, please give this link to today's program to a friend or even an enemy. Um, Post it on your social media, text it to a friend right now, even snail mail if you want. Share Mission Sunlight chat. Today, Thank you, thank you, thank you. My guest today is Michael Carducci from Coming Out Ministries. Michael, great to have you on the program. Thank you.
1: Thank you for the invitation.
0: It's great to chat with you. Hey, um, you work with a ministry called
1: Coming Out Ministries. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it so coming out ministries was formed 13 years ago Mm -hmm. and it was um by five individuals that came together each one of us had basically our own ministry and we actually were shocked to think that or, or i was anyway i was shocked to think that there was Um, any other person that would actually come out of the gay culture into Christianity again. So when we met each other, not only were we thrilled, but we also started to realize that, you know, each one of us had our own testimonies. But if we joined those testimonies together, we thought, wow, this would be much more substantial than just one story. And that's kind of how Coming Out Ministries was born. We became international within the first year of our ministry, going to Africa, and we started going to Europe and things like that. And now we go to um, all kinds of places. I've been to Thailand, Malaysia. I'm going to Papua New Guinea. We've been to South America. I was in Colombia a month ago. So, what's really amazing? I, I don't think it's necessarily the great speakers that we have. I think it's really more the times in which we're living, yes. because the LGBT issue has really ramped up. But what's really been amazing about our ministry is that within the last, I would say at least 10 years, we've realized that people come up to us and they say, oh, I was never gay, but I identify with everything that you're saying. And so we started to realize that this was really nothing more than, you know, victory over sin. So now our ministry has expanded to basically sexual integrity. So it's not only inclusive of LGBTQ issues, but it's also inclusive of like abortion recovery premarital sex pornography masturbation so we really cover all of that and I think what it does is it takes the speciality out of it being like an ex-gay ministry and more inclusive to basically talk about first Corinthians chapter 6 where it talks about all the abominations that won't be in heaven mm. so we're not picking on any one group of people we're basically striving for verse 11 which says such were some of you but you've been washed and you've been sanctified and justified by the Lord Jesus Christ so now we see it as a redemptive thing rather than an X thing.
0: Your uh, ministries title, Coming Out Ministries, could mm-hmm. be an allusion toward the idea of a person who's living a gay or homosexual lifestyle, mm-hmm. who's coming out of the closet. But it sounds like, from what I hear you saying, that there's a bit of a double meaning there to Revelation 14, come out of her, my people, coming out of sin, living a life in wholeness in Christ.
1: Revelation 8, 4, or 18.4 says, come out of her, my people. And so, again, the invitation is to all of us. It. It's not exclusively to one group of people or another. It's actually open to all of us. So I love Revelation 18.4 because it actually has the words. But Second Peter 2.9 says, was really our you know initial verse that we were using coming out of darkness into God's marvelous light but they both have a perfect um, application I think sure great great use of the name um, it freaks people out you know, some people <laughs> they'll look at they'll walk by our booth and they'll say and they'll read it, and then they, you, you just see the look on their face, and they just start, you know, walking towards the other way, and we have to stop them, and, you know. And then as we start to share, you can see their defenses come down, and that kind of happened early on. But a lot of people actually know who Coming Out Ministries is today. So uh, two things.
0: One, we had a ministry uh, on here earlier uh, in, in this ASI series uh, that uh, mentioned um, temperance. hmm and rather than just teaching about temperance being from the aspect of being temperate in tobacco or alcohol use, they've also added, because they're dealing with uh, third-world countries particularly, but it could be in this country, Western countries just as well, um, temperance in sexuality, which is something you mentioned. Um, we need to be, and we have an epidemic of pornography. Mm-hmm. It's not just intemperance in other common things like alcohol or tobacco, things we naturally gravitate to, or even diet and obesity and so mm-hmm. forth. But sexuality is an area of needing temperance from us as Christians right? who we represent.
1: Well, it's interesting because, you know, my sister lost her husband when she was 41. He passed away. You know, but she wasn't entitled to a lover or, 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 you know, free sex with individuals. Um, And and I think that, you know, for any person that's divorced, any person that's widowed, any person that's single, you know, that's in their teens, you have thoughts, you have drives, you have attractions and things like that. So how is it in a world that's so saturated with identity and sexuality? How can we hold on to those principles as Christians? And where can we find the strength to, to keep us with sexual integrity and find... Temperance in that area. So it's interesting when you said temperance. My first thought was balance in sexual things. Well, I don't think that that's quite the right definition for temperance in sex. Uh, I, because really temperance is about abstinence and the things that are harmful. You know, that go against God's word, mm-hmm. and then of course balance in those things that are permissible. So, you know, a lot of uh, the arguments that we'll actually get from. Uh, people from the LGBT community or people that are affirming LGBT within the church, you know, their comments are, well, at least that person that is heterosexual is entitled to a sexual relationship. I think to myself, but there are still many people that are good Christians that never marry. You know, what about those Christians that never have, you know, somebody special in their life? And does the power of God still apply to them? Mm -hmm. And is it a curse that, you know, you were assigned to singleness for the rest of your life? I don't think so. So, you know, finding the opportunities for discussion, finding the opportunity to find compassion in our explanation, I think has been really challenging because we're basically labeled or kind of put into this category of haters or, or you know, people that are cruel and judging or cause people to commit suicide, when really our ministry is really about being a bridge from the LGBT community you know, to Christianity and back. So, you know, what we're trying to do is to find the opportunity to begin those discussions, have it openly, talk about our stories. Because you know what? If God wasn't giving me something better today, and I've been doing this for 23 years, I've been walking with Jesus Christ for 23 years, and if he didn't give me something better than what I had in the world, I'd be back in it. So, again, I I think that um, what we want to do is we want to give people access to all the options. You know, we're not gonna sit there and say, you can have this option or this one or this one and deny people, you know, another option, which I think is what the LGBT world is saying, is that once you're gay, you're always gay and you can't change. But I think that if we give people all of the options that are out there, I still have to respect you, I still have to give you the the ability to make up your mind and to decide to do whatever you want to do, but I think that we should at least have access to all of the options that are out there, and that's what Coming Out Ministries is about. Yeah. A- and that's an ongoing thing that you're doing, whether you're even saying a word or not. In, in Ministry of Healing, page 143, it says that Christ's method alone brought lasting results and that meant that he just met people where they were he he got in the trenches with me with yeah. them with all of us and he he related to us for where we were at and i think that that's real important because a lot of times in christianity we react to people as if they're already christians or if they understand these christian principles and a lot of times people say well how do i help my you know gay son or daughter to you know to come out of this life And then we ask them a question, well, are they a Christian? Do they believe in Jesus Christ? And if they say no, then we say, listen, the problem isn't that they're gay. The problem is that they need to know Jesus Christ. And I think that what happens is a lot of good-hearted Christians, especially parents or loved ones that have, you know, um, loved ones that have gone into the LGBT life, you know, they're so focused on their choices and their behavior that they've forgotten that we need to put Christ first. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all of these things will fall right into place. What I love about that is that you don't have to worry about what their behavior is or how they identify or what letters come come Mm -hmm. to their identity or their pronouns, because when you focus on them knowing Jesus Christ and His righteousness, that's all you have to worry about. It's not my job to change your attractions, to change your mind, or to change your proclivities. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. But if I do my part, then I can actually create a safety net where you can find Jesus Christ and you can find that healing and that wholeness in Him as you seek Him. So Amen. so I think that Christians have a kind of skewed perspective on that because it's important to relate to people from where they're coming from. So when we use words like abomination and sin and rejection and hellfire, You know, people aren't relating to that. If anything, what it does is it puts up walls of defense where these people aren't even interested in hearing what you have to say. So every time that you love those individuals that you care about, and that doesn't mean to affirm them. But when you're loving them and creating opportunities and inviting them to your house for dinner, what you're doing is you're keeping that door open and you're building a trust and you're creating an environment where the Holy Spirit can do
0: his job. Amen. Michael, I want to talk to you about your own personal testimony. Sure. I also want to speak to the elephant in the room. We'll come back to that in just a moment. we got to take a break here for about 60 seconds. Just a reminder, missionsunlight.org. That's missionsunlight, sunlight son rg is a place where you can learn more about Mission Sunlight Chat. Feel free to share the link today to the program, the entire show podcast platform with a friend by text, social media, even by email, whatever works for you. Take a moment right now to share that during the break. We'll be back with more Mission Sunlight Chat. Back to Mission Sunlight Chat, we are talking with Michael Carducci, our friend from Coming Out Ministries. Michael, thank you so much. As we are at ASI here in the exhibit hall, you can hear announcements being made over the speaker, and uh, you can also look down the aisle here and you can see visit uh, folks visiting with one another from different ministries, folks from the community that have come in to see what ASI is all about. Um, it's just a great great opportunity to get to know one another to share ideas to network with other ministries other businesses that are sharing Christ in the marketplace so we're really thrilled to be here at ASI we're talking about coming out ministries Um, I want to hear a bit of your testimony but before we do that I want to I want to just talk about something that for me when you first began this ministry was what I call an elephant in the room maybe that's not the right term but so I'm I'm an ASI leader and I hear about this ministry about people formally in the lifestyle. And okay, I'm just skeptical. I'm, I'm kind of wondering, okay, how can this go bad in so many possible ways? Now you're 13 years into this now, right? Right. But at the time, I, I just was skeptical and I know others were skeptical. Um, but yet you've had the courage to power through and you've remained faithful. And I know it's difficult. I don't know what the difficulty is but I know it is difficult tell me about that
1: okay all right so the difficult part is free will and you know what we all have that so I think that there's a special light or a special attention on our ministry because what we've heard for so many decades and years is that gay people can't change and Mm. so now we bought into this ideology as a matter of fact I'd like to (laughs) mention that I think the Christian community is more uh, responsible for the movement of the LGBT marriage and, and human rights because what they basically did is they said that gays can't change and God hates them. That's the message that I heard when I was 19 years old when I chose to walk out of Christianity and into the gay culture. So now what I believe is that we are so focused on on the fact that that we've heard this term for so long that gays can't change, and, and that that's just kind of who they are, is that we look at that ministry and we say, oh, they're about to fall, but nobody else says that about the the prostitute that is converted, or the drug addict that is converted, or the porn addict that is converted. So. Or the alcoholic. That's right. That's right. And so Mm -hmm. they are just as prone to fall as any one of us. Mm -hmm. And of course, I think that um, that's one of the realities that we've had to look at. You know, there have been people that we've interacted with that ended up going back into the lifestyle. And, And this is the capstone of that experience for me as well because god didn't just wipe away with a magic wand my history my memory my you know my experiences that i had in that in that community and then still being a a single person i don't have the right to express myself sexually even with porn or masturbation or or with sexual relationships so how is it that you can find that but more importantly how is it that you can attain that and keep that going when I still have the right to free will, it doesn't stop things from coming on my internet. It doesn't stop me from seeing people that aren't wearing enough clothing or from memories coming in. But the same thing for you. You know, even though you're a married man, you still see women that are beautiful. And so, I think that the principle applies to all of us. And as long as there's still free will in this world, there's always going to be that opportunity that somebody can fall. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus was tempted mm-hmm. until the final moments that he was on the cross. And yet, praise God, he didn't fall. But if Jesus was tempted until the final moments that he died, doesn't it make sense that we as good Christians would probably have to endure the same? Amen. Okay. All right. So, and I think that you know, let's just kind of put it back in its proper perspective that when it comes to like an ex-gay ministry, we're always looking thinking, okay, they're about to fall, they're about to fall. But why wouldn't we instead be lifting them up and say, Lord, keep them from falling. Keep them, help them to be strong. Well,
0: I'd like to think that that's where we are now. I think we've, Mm -hmm. hopefully you, Uh your ministry has educated some of us Uh in a way that we are now praying for success. We've started to realize that this is A reality not just a fringe Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. a reality amongst many that we love
1: i'm so glad that you mentioned that
0: we're changing our perspective
1: yes i was actually able to be uh participate in what's called the freedom march and the freedom march uh, back in 2019 was in orlando florida which was where I lived and came out as gay and then actually was converted and came back out of coming out. But there were 500 individuals around Lake Eola in Orlando, Florida that had come out of LGBT lives. And you know what? They weren't Adventists. They weren't just Adventists. There were 12 of us there, but there were evangelicals, there were Catholics, Baptists, you know, all kinds of different denominations. What was so amazing is that we were completely unified under the word of God. Mm -hmm. All of us were. And yet what was so sad is that while I was experiencing this beautiful experience with 500 ex gays that had come out of the life, I can't even get that acceptance in my own denomination. There's so many opinions. There's so many different um, um, people that are shouting for rights within our denomination that what was really sad and unfortunate it was that with other people of other beliefs, that we were unified by the Word of God when that's not the situation in our own church.
0: Mm. Are you saying that as from leadership perspective,
1: or you're just saying that from the community of believers? Um, I think Maybe a little of both. I, a lot of both. A lot of both, because now what's happening is the media has such a strong push and such a strong hold on people that even good-intentioned Christians that want to be loving are now moved and swayed by feelings rather than the Word of God. Because now what's happening is... Um, that even the word of Jesus himself is being considered hate speech. When Jesus said to Mary Magdalene, he said, you know, neither do I condemn you. But when he says, go and sin no more, now people even in Christianity are saying that that's hate speech and that that should be taken out of the Bible. So people are moved by emotions. And when you're getting movies and television programs and a lot of media attention, that's basically promoting it. And that if you don't promote it, that you must be hateful or unloving. I think that that has an effect not only on the congregation, but we've also, been, um, we've also experienced that from leadership as well.
0: Mm. Well, I hope we can all get better.
1: We can, through Jesus Christ Amen. and through the Holy Spirit. Thank Amen. you.
0: Michael, I want to hear more about your personal testimony, sure. but let's take a break here real quick. We okay. certainly hope you've been encouraged to listening to the program today. Uh, Michael, before I take this break, tell me how people can connect with Coming Out Ministries.
1: Thank you. Yeah, you can go to comingoutministries.org. Mm-hmm. That's our website. Uh, we have prayer lines. We have um uh, many different presentations that we've given and there's a lot of resources even our movie Journey Interrupted
0: that's what I was going to ask is there some yeah. media resources too
1: and yeah we have over 100 different media resources and Journey Interrupted
0: can be viewed there
1: uh-huh. and as a matter of fact Journey Interrupted was produced about 7 years ago and it's now for free on the internet in 12 different languages so you wow. can download whatever language you want
0: All right, thank you for that. We have more to come. We need to take a break. So remember, you can give at missionsunlight.org. You can share this program with anyone. Thank you for doing both. Thank you for your prayers. We'll be back with more Mission Sunlight Chat.
1: Our salvation is a day-to-day matter, isn't it? The real principle of the Sabbath is reconnecting ourselves with the Creator. We must learn to abide in Jesus now.
0: We move ahead with our mission objectives, recognizing
1: that we are serving together the Most High God.
0: Welcome back to Mission Sunlight Chat. We are here in the exhibit hall at ASI in Kansas City, Missouri, and we are enjoying visiting with all of the ministries that have been back and forth. Stopped by and visited our booth here with Network 7 Media Center. And Mission Sunlight Chat is happy to have in our podcast mobile studio here with all the noise of the the booths and the crowd and the speakers overhead and music down the way, Uh, Michael Carducci from Coming Out Ministries. Michael, you have an extraordinary opportunity with the ministry Coming Out Ministries. Um, You have an extraordinary opportunity to share God's love. I think that's what you're about. That's what I hear you saying. Mm -hmm. But you haven't always felt this way. You haven't always been walking this journey. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask, I'm just going to turn you loose here for the next few minutes. Take us back to your early, early days and bring us to at least the beginning of coming out ministries or today if you want to
1: sure um it was interesting my my story really started when i was 40. so when i came back into a relationship with jesus christ i've been living the gay life for over 20 years i would have identified as transgender until i was 20. so from 0 to 20 transgender from 20 to 40 gay sexually addicted addicted to pornography Um, so when I came into a relationship with Jesus Christ, it was going to be different. It wasn't going to be the same relationship that I had with him when I was young. Um, and the two questions that I had for Jesus wasn't about anything necessarily regarding the formation of the church, but the two questions that I had is number one, I want to know why I felt like I was a girl trapped in a boy's body from my very first conscious thought, which for me was about four years old that I can remember back. Then the second question that I had for Jesus was, I want to know why at 13 I had same-sex attraction. I never had attraction to anything before that. I was never molested, you know? And so those were the two questions that I had um, for God. And. There weren't any resources in our denomination as i was walking this walk with jesus one foot in one foot out still with a boyfriend i was baptized with a boyfriend Uh, i was acting out sexually even on the sabbath day i'd you know act out and i was defiant i was rebellious i was struggling but
0: so you grew up with a connection to the seventh day adventist church yes uh i left
1: the adventist church when i was 20. okay and and at 20 years old i remember sitting down with one elder in the church that i handpicked and it took months for me to to pick this guy that he was going to be the one that i shared my secret with and i remember sitting down with him and i said well you know can i talk to you and he said sure what's up and i said well it has to do with women and he interrupted me and he said something so degrading about women that i knew that i couldn't trust him with my secret and i walked out of church that night and i said to god if that's the best you've got i'm out of here i'm done i can't get my sexuality and my religion to come together And you haven't healed me, so you're impotent or you just don't care. And so that was when I went into the gay culture. But at four years old, I just remembered that I was different than everybody else. I felt isolated. I felt inadequate as a boy. I don't know how those feelings came. And it wasn't until actually in my 40s, as I'd been a Christian for a few years, that I started to realize there was defensive detachment with my father. I defensively detached from him even before I was conscious. So my dad was aggressive and he was abusive. And so being the only boy in my family, I had three sisters and a mom. So I didn't have anyone else to pattern after that was a healthy male. So I knew that I didn't want to be like my dad. So the only other example for me was my mom. So by the time I was four years old, I was learning to walk like her, talk like her, be like her. I loved dressing up, you know, in girls' clothing. I didn't know that it was a boy or a girl thing until I started to get you know, punished physically, you know, for dressing up or playing with dolls. So it didn't stop my behavior. My behavior just went covert. So I'd have to, you know, play with those things in secret. Christmases, birthdays were all a disappointment because I didn't want a Tonka truck. I wanted a Barbie, you know, growing up with those, those thoughts and those feelings. Then when I went to school, the boys saw my effeminate mannerisms and they would call me sissy, queer, little girl. And And what I needed was I needed male affirmation. I needed male bonding, which I wasn't getting. But to me, I felt perfectly comfortable in the company of girls, which I preferred. And all of that just encouraged even more, number one, the inadequacy uh, that I was male, that I didn't fit in, that I didn't measure up. So then I thought, well, if I don't measure up as a boy, maybe I would as a girl. So that fueled that for me until I was 20 years old. Even as a Christian, I thought to myself, you know, at 13 when I had same-sex attraction, and because of this, this emptiness of male love and affirmation, it became sexualized at puberty with all of the hormones coming in. Mm -hmm. So as I was dealing with that and then also fantasy and masturbation and, you know, um, it was just reinforcing these thoughts and feelings. I didn't know how to stop them. I didn't know how to change them. And I certainly didn't have anybody that I could share that with. So as I was going through that I started to think, oh, I have the answer. So as a Christian, as a good Christian, I should have a sex change so that God will be okay with my attractions. And that followed me until I was 20 years old. But then at 20 years old, when I realized after I left the church and went into the gay culture and I realized that masculinity was much more valuable than femininity, if I'd butch it up a little bit and wear more masculine clothes and act more masculine, then I got all the attention from men that I desired, which took me into a sexual addiction. But I never struggled with the desire to ever want to be a female again. It's interesting to me somebody said this and, and I don't want to close on this is they said relationships form our identity. And at first I really disagreed with that, but then as I looked at that, it was really the relationship that I had with my same-sex parent, my father, you know, even before I was conscious that really shaped these ideologies in my mind that I was a girl and not a boy and then it be- eventually became sexualized at puberty. So man, now I'm 63 years old, still dealing with the aftermath of the rejection of what I experienced even before I was conscious as a little boy. Wow.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That was a mouthful. <laughs> that
1: was, that was.
0: And a blessing to hear. As we think about closing here, I wonder if you could just uh, talk to our v- listeners and sure. maybe look there at the camera at mm-hmm. our, uh, those that are watching on YouTube or Facebook and just share an encouraging word with them for whatever the Lord lays on your heart for sure. for their situation.
1: There's a quote from uh, the book Education, and it says that the divine teacher bears with the erring through all their perversity. His love does not grow cold. His efforts to win us do not cease. With outstretched arms, he waits to welcome again and again the erring, the rebellious, and even the apostate. His heart is touched by the helplessness of that little child who's been subject to rough usage. Even though all of us are precious in his sight, it's the rough, the sullen, and the stubborn dispositions that draw most heavily upon his sympathy and love because he traces from cause to effect the one who's most inclined to err, the one who's most inclined to rebel is a special object of his solicitude. That's the kind of God that I serve. And that's the kind of God that has reached out to me in spite of all of the decisions and choices that I've made and my identity. So now I can follow him and my identity is now in him.
0: Amen. Michael, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, Um, thank you. That's powerful. And I hope it's an encouragement to those who are watching. This is today's program from the Media Missionaries of Network 7 Media Center. This has been Mission Sunlight Chat with our guest Michael Carducci from Coming Out Ministries. Once again, the website? ComingOutMinistries.org. And lots of resources and hopefully encouragement for people to find there. Thanks so much again, Michael,
1: for joining our program.
0: I'm Christopher Beeson, your host and today's engineer, and our director of production is Jordan Wagner. We thank you for joining us. We thank you for sharing our program with your friends via text, email, social media platforms, whatever works. We also thank you for your gifts and your prayers, most especially for your prayers. We've been pleased to be here at ASI, and we're thankful that you joined us. So you hear here over the intercom there. A lot of hustle and bustle here in the exhibit hall at ASI. We've been glad to have you joining us. This is Mission Sunlight Chat.